0: Welcome to The Read-Along,
1: a mini book club for your ears, a
0: proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network,
1: powered by ATB.
0: I'm your host, Scott.
1: I'm your other host, Anita.
0: And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a a time. This episode is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city cultivated by the community. Taproot has launched a service to answer your questions about Edmonton's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and our experience of it. The idea is to help you understand this complex and quickly evolving topic with succinct, well-sourced answers to any questions you might have. Find the COVID-19 microsite at taprootedmonton.ca. So we are uh, joined this week by um, a tiny guest host.
1: (laughs) A wee baby who refuses to
0: sleep. Who just absolutely refuses to sleep. Now this is actually true of the last couple episodes. She's been kind of on hand, but she is being kind of squeaky in the background. So if you hear tiny gurgles or burps or sneezes.
1: Tiny baby noises.
0: uh, That is just, that is our tiny guest host. Uh, joining us for this particular episode.
1: Yeah. Rest assured, it is just a tiny baby. And yeah, everything's fine.
0: A uh, a tiny little child, for our read through of Perfect Little Children, uh, which seems appropriate, sort of.
1: It's uh, a of. little too tiny. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So, uh, back in chapter six of our novel, what all happened? Well, we finally oh, had
1: oh things and stuff.
0: We finally had the fateful phone call with Lewis Bray. Yes. And it went well? Question mark. Uh, but also continued to stoke the suspicions and the paranoia <laughs> of our Beth's protagonist.
1: Suspicious fire.
0: Yeah. Uh, she spoke with both Louis and Flora on the phone, but rather than receiving the answers she was seeking, uh, got kind of suspiciously brushed off. And things are just getting crazy <laughs> as we segue into Chapter 7 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hannah. Now, when I say things are starting to get crazy, I mean it's because Beth is starting to act crazy. Because at the start of this chapter, she leaves home at 5 in the morning so that she can stalk Jeanette Cater and her children. Yes. I mean, that's not exactly how she words it in her mind. No, but that's what she does. But that is objectively what she is doing. Uh, In her brain, she is looking to see if she can catch Flora dropping off 5-year-old Thomas at the nearest elementary school to Whittiel Lane. Yes. But what she is actually doing is is stalking a woman and her children.
1: Yeah. She looks like a child predator Yeah, at this point because she is sitting outside an elementary school waiting, like watching the children and their parents. Yeah. And she doesn't see it.
0: No, she doesn't. And I mean, even if it was Flora with a five-year-old boy, like this is still tantamount to stalking a person.
1: Yes. This is very stalker-y.
0: It's, we're, we're splitting hairs, really. Oh, I know. Between what she th- what she is seeing herself is doing and what we are actually seeing her do. Uh, she's also barely slept, probably in days, actually. Quite
1: possibly. Which is definitely
0: not helping her mental state. No. So Beth watches a bunch of preschoolers get dropped off and realizes rather late in this hackneyed plan well, of hers.
1: No, not rather late. She realizes after she doesn't see Flora...
0: Well, rather late. Yeah. That this is a public school, and the Braids are well-to-do and almost certainly are sending Thomas to a private school.
1: Okay, so what actually happens is she tries to find an answer to a question she has, doesn't get an answer to a question she has, and therefore justifies it as something else suspicious. Yes. This is what Beth does. There's no solace in that, and it's not just finding an answer, right? Right. She's finding she wants to find the right quote unquote answer.
0: Yeah, she's not gonna be satisfied until until she she knows she's right. Until she knows she's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the oh you you miss saw something is unacceptable to her. Correct. And this is going to fuel her brain on fire. Yeah. Anyway, carrying on.
0: It's around this time that Dom calls, and this is interesting because I had made a note. Right after the first paragraph where I'm like, I get the impression that Dom doesn't know where she is right now. And scratched that note out because here we are just a few paragraphs later with Dom calling, wondering, where did you go and why aren't you home? (laughs) Uh, Because she did not tell Dom that this was what she was going to be doing. And she left before he woke up. So Yeah,
1: she did not sleep. Left the house super early.
0: And does not answer his phone call.
1: Nope. Because... Two hours away to watch a school...
0: To watch children yeah. specifically get dropped off into school. <laughs> and then does not so answer that she his could, phone
1: call because she knows what he's going to say. So
0: she could confront someone about dropping their children off at school, I question guess? mark?
1: Like, right from the other side of it, it sounds like she's losing it.
0: Yeah, it's not a good look for poor Beth here. Apparently Dom last night after she called back Lewis multiple times and lamented that Flora never did call her back, Dom basically said, you need to drop this. Like... You this is getting crazy. You mm-hmm. need to stop. And this she She's looking unhealthy. And she can't do it because she thinks she's always going to want to know the answers until she gets them. And she is kind of frustrated and angry at Dom that he seems kind of blasé about this.
1: Yeah. I don't know how I don't have anything else to add to that. Yes. Because she refuses to let it go. There's something weird going on inside her mind that cannot accept that Maybe she missaw something. Well, or maybe this isn't worth pursuing.
0: Well, yeah. There, there's also that. She also seems to be almost but not quite in the camp of the flora I heard behind Dom was a recording. Which we had kind of floated last time.
1: Right, because the wording because, was yeah, the same. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. How Beth is justifying it. Mm-hmm. it's just, It's weird. And why? Because she can't let it go. Okay, so now Dom aside let yes. go back inside Beth's brain for a second. She has decided that she needs to think about this as though there are two Thomases. Yeah. Right? Because that's the only way, I don't know, it makes sense to her, Well, I guess?
0: The way that she kind of frames it is that she is 100% convinced she saw five-year-old Thomas with Flora right. the other day. And nothing in the world will prove otherwise to her. But she has seen pictures of a 17-year-old Thomas in Florida with his father. And that's while she has never seen that Thomas, everyone else believes in him, so he must be real. So therefore, there must be two Thomases. Yeah,
1: the wording It is of Thomas this, squared. The wording of this is very particular to me. She's like, the Thomas, and then the Thomas that everyone else believes in. Yeah. As though she is the only sane one. And everyone else is under this weird delusion that there's a 17-year-old Thomas.
0: Or that the 17-year-old Thomas is somehow fake. And the 5-year-old Thomas, who has not aged a day in 12 years, is the real Thomas.
1: Yeah, somehow the impossible Thomas is the real Thomas to her. And she doesn't see how bonkers that sounds. Yeah. Let us continue in Beth's Descent into Madness.
0: Well, it uh, continues with her beginning to look up nearby private schools, her efforts to locate Flora and Thomas at the public school having been stymied. Her phone isn't quite up to the task, so she ultimately hits up a local library to use the internet there. And she actually comes up with a list of several private schools, so she ends up kind of trying to put herself in Lewis and Flora's shoes to figure out where would I have sent Thomas if I was Lewis and Flora. And She actually comes up with a fairly promising lead based on that logic. She starts off with, well, obviously, Lewis is a Cambridge boy. He'd want to send Thomas to Cambridge. He'd be looking in that direction. But that's quite a commute. It's quite a commute on a busy road, on a busy road full of smog. Flora wouldn't exactly be happy taking her kids through poison so
1: (laughs) well sitting in smog and having to deal with like morning rush hour traffic
0: and while lewis is pretentious enough that and wealthy enough that he'd want to send thomas to cambridge he's also lazy so he'd probably want something with a closer commute so she ultimately comes up with a nearby school that's still pretty good but Mm -hmm. closer and i mean that's actually pretty solid reasoning yeah like it's it's not a bad guess it's we don't. We never find out if she's right, but it's a no, solid lead.
1: But in terms of stalkery stretches, like she's, it's like she's grasping at straws now. A little bit, yeah,
0: because she she really doesn't know where ultimately they would be sending. No,
1: and if that pub- this, the if impossible that school, God, if that school hadn't panned out, yeah, she would have tried more. Yeah, she would have just stalked schools. She would have spent for, the next two days looking for someone who may or may not be there ever.
0: She would have spent the next two days looking for the impossible Thomas. Yeah. I actually, there was some background chatter in this library.
1: About John Major.
0: About uh, former British Prime Minister John Major, Prime Minister 1990 to 1997, which stuck out at me only because I was wondering what that was about. Though I will say that the the older couple were 100% talking about Brexit. (laughs) But I don't know exactly why John Major came up, and I'm wondering if it's thematic. I don't, I really can't say.
1: I don't know what counts... Or not (laughs) in a book like this. Fair
0: enough. This is also the point where Beth starts rabbit holing as she starts making her way out of the library on Lewis and Flora's relationship. We had already kind of touched on a previous episode about how Lewis comes across as kind of controlling, but Beth is at the point where she starts outright wondering if their relationship, unlike her and Dom's, of course, is a very one-sided. Of course. It, It always had the impression that it was very, shall we say, Lewis heavy. But okay, now she, yeah. but now she's wondering if maybe Lewis is just a controlling husband and Flora has no power in the relationship. Did Lewis have Flora call her and then order her not to call back? Is what she's kind of wondering. She already has the hindsight to recognize that Lewis was kind of a bore, but now she's wondering if maybe he was worse. And it's at that point that she puts the brakes on that. She's like, no. She recognizes at this moment that she's rabbit holing, and she kind of is like, I need to focus on the immediate mystery. Like I'm, I'm starting to sound crazy. Like that's where she actually yeah, gets that's, to. <laughs> that's
1: where it hits her. Like, what? No. Oh, honey, you needed to apply that much sooner.
0: Yeah, she's she's at the point where she's stalking a woman and her children, and uh, when she starts wondering about Lewis's potentially being a controlling husband, that's where she's like, "Well, now we're into crazy talk."
1: Well, that and that's because she is unable to stalk Flora through Lewis, right? Cause there's a there's a line in there about how she's phoned his number again many times. How many times is many times? Like, honest to God, how how often has she called Lewis?
0: Oh, probably a dozen. She probably called him every ten minutes for hours.
1: Right. Uh, no wonder Flora doesn't want to talk to her.
0: No wonder Lewis never called her back.
1: Right. Like, honey, <laughs> let it go.
0: Yeah, calm down. This
1: is this this is desperation, is what it is. Kinda. And it's. If I was on the other side of that, I would find it very off-putting.
0: So as Beth leaves the library uh, and starts making her way back to her car to go and head off to this other school to continue stalking children, uh, it's there that she runs into Flora.
1: Yes. While she's distracted looking for her car, which she has lost in the parking lot, and fumbling for her phone, which she then drops, yeah, 10 10 feet away. Yep. Is Flora.
0: They have that kind of momentarily shocked stare down where they're both like uh-oh and <laughs> well, then and
1: flora acts like a deer in the headlights right yeah. she's been caught and now she has to go
0: and she just flees the scene and beth momentarily is like i should maybe chase her but then realizes she dropped her phone in her surprise and can't just run off without it the phone is severely damaged if functional
1: oh she's shattered get yourself
0: phone. get yourself a phone case girl
1: <laughs> well, first get a new phone yes. and then put it in a good case. Yes.
0: Uh, and at that time, Flora is gone. She has fled the scene yeah, successfully.
1: Yeah, Beth, Beth goes goes for the phone instead of Flora, so she doesn't actually give chase. And I wonder if she's going to kick herself a lot over that Probably. in the next few chapters.
0: However, Beth does see something that she hadn't noticed when she arrived at the library and is now at the point where she's wondering if she maybe just missed it in the parking lot earlier and that is the silver Range Rover that yes. she's been looking for all morning and she presumes that it must be Flora's she can't know for sure because she doesn't know the license plate but she's like that's got to be it right I just saw Flora that's got to be the Range Rover oh, with and then well with Flora gone looking at the remnants of her phone which are still working as though by a miracle
1: <laughs> barely uh,
0: she notes Dom has called her several more times and sent a text, and Beth replies that she's fine and is going to be out for the day to at least kind of put him yeah. at ease.
1: Not sure when I'll be home, but I'm coming home later. Yeah. Very non-committal, out, out doing a thing. Vague.
0: And, I mean, Dom at home has to be like, she's out stalking Flora. Like, she were, she absolutely drove back to Whittier Lane, and I'm going to be yep. bailing her out of jail by the end of the night. That's Pro- probably what's probably. running through Dom's head.
1: Yeah. I don't doubt that.
0: And... Why would she potentially be bailed out of jail besides just getting snitched on by the nosy neighbor back at Woody Lane again? How about breaking into someone's car?
1: This blew my mind. She has the gall to go into someone's unlocked car, go through someone else's stuff, and then just sit in the driver's seat waiting for them and fall asleep.
0: Well, not just that. I was kind of off-put a little bit by the paragraph where she's like, I'll wait here for Flora. And this is this is me paraphrasing. I'll wait here for Flora, and she'll probably demand I get out of her car, and that's fine. I will demand answers to my questions first. As though she's the one in the right?
1: Right? Oh, and we'll get to it in a bit. Uh, further to that, there's a line about, this woman can't touch me. No, Beth, you are in the wrong. Yeah. You are trespassing in someone else's vehicle.
0: Someone could call the police.
1: Yes! You are not... You are not entitled these answers no, you're to not. these insane questions you're asking. And
0: and to be fair, her plan is, on the one hand, kind of sound, like Flora has to come back to her car at some point. Yes. And quickly goes pear-shaped.
1: Yes. Because she breaks the law.
0: Well, no, because <laughs> Flora's not who comes back, but we're getting no, a little ahead of ourselves. we're a little ahead of ourselves. So yeah, as you mentioned, she does go through the unlocked Range Rover, which she realizes must have been unlocked in Flora's Panic. She probably unlocked it, noticed Beth...
1: And then ran. And then
0: ran away and didn't have the presence of mind to lock it back up. Right. She does find a child spelling test in uh, a bag in the back, but With there's no... No, ident- no, no name idea, on, idea it. on it at all. Yeah. So no name,
1: no nothing. could...
0: Could be anybody. So
1: that could be nothing. It could be something. It could be nothing. There's
0: definitely a pair of car seats there sized for what she judges could be a five-year-old and a three-year-old.
1: Right. Makes sense.
0: But again, if this is Jeanette Cater's car and she has two children aged five and three. Then
1: that's appropriate.
0: Then that is appropriate. And then she has a 20-minute nap in the car. And actually is momentarily afraid that she may have missed Flora in that time. And also that's the point where, as you say, she realizes for the first time, I might be in danger like if if flora and lewis are involved in some grand conspiracy to gaslight me about their children and if they're covering up some dreadful secret maybe i'm in danger and then she kind of laughs that off because again as far as she's come she's like no that's crazy
1: yeah that's too far <laughs> i'm
0: stalking a woman and her children but that is crazy
1: i can't i can't roll my eyes or shake my head any louder <laughs> at, at what she's doing I know she thinks she saw something impossible, and I know she wants to sort it out, but this is. I, I don't even have words for what this is. Oh, Beth, honey, no.
0: So it is around this time that Jeanette Cater knocks on the car window. Yes. because, and is because like, it's like. her car! And is like, Why are you in my car? Beth is like, This is not your car. This is. This is Flora's Flora car. Flora Braid's car. And Jeanette is like, No. This is my this car. This is my car. Um, notably, Jeanette Cater looks nothing like Flora. She's definitely a different person. Yep. She speaks with an accent. Yep. Italian,
1: I think she said. Uh,
0: Beth can't quite place it. She, she guesses Italian. Okay. But Jeanette has the keys to the car, which she proves. So Beth kind of straight up accuses her of having been sent by Flora to retrieve the vehicle. And Jeanette is like, I don't even know who you're talking about.
1: Right? This is my vehicle. Stop bombarding me with questions. You're acting weird. I feel unsafe. I, I would, anyway.
0: Yeah, like, G- Jeanette legitimately is like, you have no right to ask me anything. But she relents and gives up some information here and there.
1: Which makes her look like a s- crazy stalker. Yeah. Like, this is this is a level of stalker that I, I continue to shake my head at.
0: Yeah, Beth, after accusing her of being sent to retrieve the car, is like, oh yeah, you don't remember Flora Braid, the person you bought your house from. And Jeanette has the very reasonable reaction of, we bought this house years ago from people. Uh, sure, I guess it was Flora and Louis Braid. I vaguely remember them. Okay. and I
1: would like to interject something in here. I don't know if it works different over in the UK than mm-hmm. it does here. I have purchased <laughs> two homes.
0: And you've never once met the previous owners? And I've homeowners.
1: never once met the previous owners. Yeah. I know them by name because it was on the paperwork. And yeah. because for a while we got their mail.
0: It might work different in the UK.
1: Maybe it works different in the UK.
0: Or they might have... Done sale by owner. Maybe. Rather than go through an agency.
1: I'm just saying, if Jeanette had said, I have no idea, I've never seen that woman. Oh, yes, I vaguely remember the name. That's justified to me.
0: Yeah, that's legit. Uh, Jeanette also, after kind of getting a brief rundown of like, well, I saw Flora at your house and I saw her getting out of this vehicle with two children. And I think you're lying to me. And Jeanette's like, I'm sorry. You're like, you are seeing things or something and you need to get out of my car now
1: that's the thing beth is presented with things that are unsatisfactory answers to her things that refute what she has seen mm-hmm. and she just assumes that everyone is lying
0: yeah that there she is assuming there is some grand conspiracy against her at
1: there the is moment. physical evidence in front of her the owner of this vehicle has returned to it it is not flora and she refuses to accept that.
0: Yeah. And she does note that Jeanette is, in fact, wearing the exact same outfit Flora was wearing when she saw her an hour
1: ago. And that's where things get really weird.
0: And also the end of the chapter. Yes. Um, there is actually another weird moment that I wanted to bring up and kind of circle back to. Okay. Um, when Beth first sees Flora, she describes Flora as if she was pointing her out to someone and there's no one with her. Yeah. What's, what's that about? I have no idea. Like, Flora's by herself, but Beth sees her, like, pointing and gaping at her as though she's like, look out. But it's like, what's up with that?
1: I can understand Flora doing that if she was about to purposely get Beth's attention, right? You encounter someone you haven't seen for a really long time and you're like, what? And you point at them and you're like, oh. But
0: then Flora's reaction flies in the face of that.
1: Exactly. But then Flora turns and runs. Why would she draw attention to herself? Like that.
0: Well, and It seems
1: a, an unnatural reaction to point at someone that you don't want to see you.
0: Yeah. And also, like, that implies that Flora saw Beth first. And if she has the presence of mind to run away, you'd think that she would have the presence of mind to immediately hide. It's exactly Maybe. as you say. The reason it jumped out at me is because it seems like such an unnatural reaction to seeing someone that she didn't want to see there. hmm To just stand there gaping at them and pointing at them. Mm-hmm. And then turn and run away. Mm-hmm. And then send someone else to go and retrieve their vehicle later.
1: That seems like an awful wearing lot of
0: work. The, wearing the exact same outfit they were wearing.
1: Yes. In probably different sizes?
0: In probably different sizes. Like, that is a level of weirdness that just doesn't quite jive.
1: Yeah. The outfit is the weirdness for me. Because if you look at all the circumstance around it, it's entirely possible that she imagined Flora.
0: Yes. But it seems weird that she would imagine Flora wearing the exact same outfit that Jeanette caters like. Right, wearing.
1: but then Jeanette shows up in the outfit that she hasn't seen or that she had seen, right? It just, the outfit things don't line up. I really got to give props to Sophie Hannah for presenting us with <laughs> just enough evidence to make things suspicious and plenty of circumstance to make them plausible.
0: Well, this is a thriller. And it's clearly a psychological thriller at this point. Yes. And we're meant to doubt Beth.
1: And we do. And we Constantly. do. Constantly. Yeah. We're, uh, I think she's losing her mind. Well,
0: yeah. We're we're meant to be left guessing because we don't know if there is something weird going on or if it is all in Beth's head. And that therein lies the tension.
1: I've narrowed it down to one of two things.
0: Are we still looking at clones? No. Okay. <laughs>
1: You've given up on clones. I'm gonna have a new crazy theory every time, I think.
0: I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuffed pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this!
1: So, either this is a very elaborate setup to something possibly nefarious that Beth has stumbled upon, because it's not, I don't think it's aimed at her. Mm -hmm. everything's happening by chance Mm -hmm. or beth is projecting flora as a delusion on this poor innocent woman who who doesn't have it coming
0: we keep coming back to how little sleep beth gets like she was having problems sleeping even before this
1: Mm -hmm. and i think it says she got like two hours of sleep yeah this last night
0: so i'm actually wondering if it's like she's actually having waking dreams maybe like she's that's what i mean like like she's she's so sleep deprived that she's actually hallucinating yeah. like her like brain her brain she's is not is misfiring
1: and is projecting flora out of thin air or onto strangers
0: i'm going to say maybe a little bit of both and the the reason why that might be the case is because she has been hung up on it because she she her brain keeps wandering back to how Things have changed over the last 12 years. They How her children are growing up, how she feels guilty about the way that things ended between her and Flora, and that creates the collage that her brain is pulling imagery from. Yeah. Uh, when she's having these waking dream moments where, because she's not getting enough rest, she's overworked, she's stressed, she's stressing over specific things, and it's, that is leaking into her reality. But. 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 As
1: you said previously, this is a novel. This is a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. She might be right.
0: She might be right. Therein lies, again, that's part of the tension. She could be... Completely off her nut at the moment. Or. Or she might have actually stumbled into a grand conspiracy to gaslight her.
1: Yeah. Or she's the only sane one here and no one knows it. Everyone
0: else is pod people. (laughs) And she's the only one who's real.
1: Yeah. Maybe.
0: Oh, is that going to be the episode title? Everyone is pod people?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. It's a
0: good good title. I thought Impossible Thomas was going to be (laughs) the episode title.
1: Impossible Thomas is also a good title. But everyone
0: else is pod people is a good one. At any rate, one thing that uh, Beth definitely has been kind of alluding to with her feelings about Flora is that, that feeling that Flora maybe has gone on and done stuff without her, and it's left her feeling a little bit like she's missed out. And as it happens, there is another podcast right here on the Alberta Podcast Network about catching up on pop culture you may have missed out on. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Brienne. And together we make Emily Missed Out, a podcast where Emily and I dig into the long list of films that she hasn't seen yet. It's a very long list. Totally long list. And help her catch up on all of the pop-culturally relevant lines, characters, scenes, and tropes that she may have missed out on. We're also a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can find us online at albertapodcastnetwork.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Join us for my pop culture education.
1: Yeah! Another smooth segue by Scottsy Bourgeois.
0: Good at what I do. Emily missed out.
1: (laughs) I love it.
0: Available right here on the Alberta Podcast Network and wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, You can check it out along with all the other podcasts on the network uh, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. You can also find us all hosted on the CKUA app. Yes. uh, Or really, as I mentioned, wherever podcasts can be caught.
1: Yeah, most people... uh, avail themselves of most podcasting platforms indeed you know reach your audience and stuff
0: yeah you can find us there as well and uh if you have been enjoying our our little podcast and the tiny squeaks from the tiny baby behind us uh you maybe give us a little rating and a review Uh, we
1: welcome feedback
0: yeah and uh that also helps with our visibility Yeah, and uh ultimately helps us
1: you like something share it yeah
0: exactly you can uh, find us, of course, on the assorted social medias. Ah,
1: the the standard list that I always prattle off. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read Along on most of those. Yeah, and if you
0: want to send us a longer missive, you may do so. <laughs> you may do so.
1: You, you are allowed.
0: Uh, via email, electronic mail. <laughs> uh, we are thereadalong at gmail.com. All one world. And with that said. Well,
1: of course it's all one word. Yeah. It's an email address.
0: Yeah. Well, there could be dots or underscores in there. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> with that said as always, we'll see you next time.
1: Impossible Thomas.
0: Thank you for joining us on the read along with your hosts Anita and Scott Bourgeois proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. All read-along music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along and check out our group on goodreads.com.